Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports, uh, back at you again with another Lions off-season kind of coverage episode. Going to be discussing a lot of uh, different points that have been kind of uh, coming out of camp and obviously uh, social media and some of the national media coverage as well. Um, and obviously just some updates for the team, especially if you're a Detroit Lions fan uh, like myself, uh, and then I know Caden is for sure as well. Um, but we have a lot to cover in this episode Specifically with some just kind of looks on players, um, evaluating their performances and their physical appearance um, in camp. Excuse my phone right there. That is very unprofessional. Um, but yeah, no big news out of camp so far um, this past week um, or this these past couple of days. Zane Zilstra, our tight end, um, he, he's going to miss six months. Uh, really bad knee injury. Um, and honestly, I think they wound up cutting him. Um, and they did sign uh, tight end Daniel Helm out of the USFL off of the Memphis Showboats. So that's a really uh, solid pickup for them to kind of replace Zane Zilstra's role as that blocker and that goal line kind of tight end, um, if you will. Um, But I hope Zane Zilstra gets better and uh, sees a swift recovery. And you know what, if he's not going to be in the NFL, you know, due to the injury next year, I think he should definitely check out the USFL or XFL to get his body back you know, into shape and he can catapult himself back into the NFL because he showed some promise last season with a hat trick game against the Carolina Panthers as well as the uh, Green Bay Packers. He had some really good games for us and, you know, I think he's still a good player. I just, hopefully he gets better. Um, Another thing that was talked about kind of heavily, I've been seeing this on Twitter as well as, I guess, you know, through the grapevine, um, but Jamison Williams isn't looking uh, good. Uh, he, he looks a little out of shape, and I've been hearing that the chemistry is potentially just not there with Goff and Jamison Williams. Um, they're going to have to refine that and get ready for that because they need to infuse him into the offense uh, after his suspension is up during the regular season. He is a massive part of the offense. He's going to take the tops off defenses. He needs to be a little more enthusiastic about being you know, such a high-caliber NFL player. I mean, he has such good upside. He has all the attributes he needs. He just needs to hone in and refine his craft. And I really hope that uh, he's able to get that done before he's uh, you know, starting in the regular season this year after week six, uh, after his suspension. And I really hope that him and Goff can find that chemistry and get to work and you know, keep building, keep building, because he's there. He's, he's got the talent. He's got the ability. He has the upside. Really fast wide receiver, and we the Lions need that. They need a true X, and he is. He just needs to see the field. He really does. So with that being said, I guess I'll move into the next player I kind of want to briefly discuss here, uh, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, he's been in all the first-team reps showing promise. I mean, and that's what you want to see out of your first-round running back. Um, I, I think, again, I talked about this in a previous podcast episode, um, but I believe that Brad Holmes got so excited that Jameer Gibbs was his selection. Um, and you saw the draft, the draft room reaction of him. He was slamming the table. Is because I believe that he thinks that that is going to be his Todd Gurley for the Rams. I really do. I really think that he finds the similarities. And obviously, he's a great drafter. I mean, when you really break it down, he is probably one of the best GMs when it comes to the draft of all time. Um, very smart, and just knows how to pick gems. And I think 
the fact that Jameer Gibbs is in all of the first team reps, he's being a part of that offense. He's getting the chemistry in with not only Jared Goff, but the offensive line. He's getting technical. He's getting into the offensive scheme. I have a lot of hope for Jameer Gibbs and what he's going to be bringing to the Detroit Lions and their offense in the 2023 season. Um, now, moving forward here to Khalif Raymond, I want to say one thing about Khalif Raymond. This guy looks jacked. Like, I thought he was jacked last year. He's gotten, like, more and more, like, toned, and, and, and he looks just more and more in shape every season he's in the NFL, um, and he was one of our most reliable pieces on our offense last season. Hell, even on Jared Goff's first year with the Detroit Lions, he was one of the most reliable pieces, and I'm glad that he's, he's looking to be more involved in the offense than ever. Um, I saw them putting him, in, putting him in at running back. I saw them putting him in at slot. I saw them, you know, moving him out wide. A lot of really good camp footage coming out from Khalif Raymond. He looks really, really good. Other than that Jack Campbell strip sack on him, I have no complaints from Khalif Raymond. I really do think he'll have a career year this year. Um, when I think of Khalif Raymond, I just think of that beautiful ball that Jared Goff threw at Lambeau Field last year to finish out the season. It was like an 80-yard, not an 80-yard, but probably like a 50-yard throw. On the, on, like he was flipping his hips, rolling out left, flipped his hips, threw it right down to the one. Khalif got it. I mean, Khalif is just old reliable, in my opinion. Sure-handed wide receiver, knows assignments, um, and he's a really good route runner as well. But um, just something to look forward to. I'm glad that Khalif Raymond is still a part of the squad. Um, he will definitely be more utilized in the offense, in my personal opinion, going into this season. And I think we're just getting glimpses of what he's going to be able to do and what he's going to be asked to do coming up in the season. Another person I wanted to kind of just go over here briefly was Josh Reynolds. You know, I know the son of name, people are going to sit there and, you know, like, whoa, Josh Reynolds, but he had solid seasons with the LA Rams, with Jared Goff, you know, had a slump half season with the Tennessee Titans. The Lions, thank God, brought him over to get that chemistry and that rapport going on the offense with Jared Goff. Um, and this was back in 2021 uh, and 2022 in that first season. Um, Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions, but um, he's looked a lot better than I think he ever has. He looks a lot more in shape. He looks like he's going to be that contested, catching, like sure-handed guy um, that he's meant to be, and I'm glad to see him still, you know, work out his second year and his final year on this contract with the Lions, and honestly, if Jared Goff gets extended after this year, I'd like to see them bring Josh Reynolds back because you don't really find those, like, you know, reliable wide receiver three and fours like that. I mean, you can find guys to rotate and build a committee around, but I just really like the Josh Reynolds and Jared Goff rapport and their chemistry. I think it works. Josh Reynolds has had some drops, some big misses here in the past two years and clutch moments, but you know, based on what I've seen, he's really showing out in camp, really trying to prove that he belongs there. And, you know, with a wide receiver room that has gotten better, I think he feels the heat and feels the pressure. And I'm glad that he does because I saw glimpses of what he could have become and what he can be on the field in L.A., and he really showed out there, and I really hope that he's able to flash this this season for not only his career, but just for the Lions in general, because he kind of is another one of those guys where he kind of belongs on this team, like truthfully. He's a gritty guy, uh, you know, one of those guys that, you know, may not always wow you, but he's a good ball player, despite, you know, what the numbers say. He, you know, plays his part on the field and especially, you know, in the locker room as a part of the team. Um, but another, you know, speaking of wide receivers, um, we got Trey Quinn um, from the USFL and the Michigan Panthers. He was playing at Ford Field for 10, you know, not 10 weeks, but I think it was 
think it was five weeks, they had five home games there. And, uh, man, he was probably the most reliable piece on that offense other than Reggie Corbin or Stevie Scott or Joe Walker. Um, but he was sure-handed, really good at route running, quick feet. Um, but, again, just one of those guys that really I, I didn't see him drop many passes. So I just think that the Lions brought him in to fill in that um, you know potential need for that extra slot receiver, you know, a rotational guy. Tom Kennedy's on IR, so he could be filling in his role in the offense, and I'm excited for it because Trey Quinn was one of those exciting players to watch in the USFL, and especially in the Northern Conference or Northern Division, when he played for the Michigan Panthers, he was a very good player and put them in position to win, and honestly, he was one of the few players on that team um, that was able to kind of, you know, gallivant the squad. Him and Marcus Ball and Joe Walker were, you know, the three receiving players that could genuinely, you know, shift you know, shift the, the game, the tide of the game, and I'm glad that Trey Quinn you know, was able to come in on a minimal contract, one year, 970000 He was able to negotiate $220,000 over the minimum, which I'm glad, and it also shows that he might actually see some starting time this year. Maybe not starting time, but he might see some actual game-played time, which is always priceless, honestly. Um, but shout-out to Trey Quinn and his accomplishment of getting to the Detroit Lions, and I'm sure that, you know, the Lions had a scouting group there for the Panthers, and they were, you know, looking at that team, checking to see if anything could work out, and I'm glad they pulled a guy from the local team. Um, but another person I also did want to talk about, and another player, um, who I, I think isn't getting his enough hype, um, and that's Brian Branch. I think it's one of the big steals of the draft this past year. Um, and, and I think he's going to elevate this defense. You know, I mean, he may not be an instant starter right now, but I think he is the best defensive back we have on the team, like truthfully. Like he, he has so much promise and so much upside He's very strong. He has good jumps, good hops. I mean, and then he like another thing. He's a very he has very good vision. He's always watching the ball. He's a ball hawk kind of guy, and I like that about him. He's a very sticky coverage person. And another thing about him is that he's a very persistent, like determined character. You know, he's very interactive with the fans. He looks like he's having a good time, and I'm glad that he's a Detroit Lion because he is he's a lion. You know. And, you know, when I say he's the best defensive back on the team, you know, I think he has the ability to be. You know, I know we got C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Emmanuel Mosley, Cameron Sutton. I mean, Cam Sutton, excuse me. Um, and those guys are really good, you know, foundation pieces. But they're not stars. They're, they're not. You know, not yet, at least. C.J. Gardner-Johnson has a time to prove himself. Cam Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley are above average corners, and they're very good at their jobs. I'm not taking anything away from those guys by any means. But when I'm talking about upside and the ceiling, I think Brian Branch you know, surpasses all those guys. And I'm not trying to be rude, but um, you know, I hope for leadership and you know, just overall teamsman like ship sake, I hope those guys are able to help Brian Branch elevate his game to get to that level because he has that upside. He's out of Alabama. He has that defensive IQ. He knows how to play. He knows the assignments. He's the perfect fit for this defense, and I think that he should be an immediate starter because I think he has the talent and the potential to be one of the focal points of that defense. I mean, we need, we need help on the backside. Him and Kirby Joseph, I, I'm oh gosh, that makes me happy. Him, Kirby Joseph, Tracy Walker, Emmanuel Mosley, Cam Sutton, C.J. Gardner-Johnson with John Kaminsky, Aiden Hutchinson, Aleem McNeil, Isaiah Bugs, James Houston, Malcolm Rodriguez, Jack Campbell, Alex Anzalone, that's a solid fucking defensive unit. And I know I named more than 11 players there, but we have too many good players. 
You know, that's I've never you know thought I'd say that about the Lions, but there's so many good players that guys that I really like are not going to be starting this year, um, but will still see the field. Obviously, this team is trying to get where it should be and should have been for the past 50 years, which is somehow contending, like contend for something meaningful, please. Um, but another big thing I just wanted to briefly touch up on um, is obviously what I think about Aaron Glenn and this defense, because last season, it was a bit of an anomaly. The first half of the year, we were statistically one of the worst defenses of all time. And then we catapulted ourselves up into, you know, that middle, that, that mid-pack. But our pass rush improved. You know, overall, everything got better. And I don't know if it was the firing of Audrey Pleasant midseason. I don't know if something lit under Aaron Glenn's ass. But all that I know is that now that we have even better defensive players, as well as our rookies are going into their second year with more experience and offseason under their belt, I am more confident than ever in this defensive unit to come out and be completely unrecognizable week one against the Kansas City Chiefs, making crucial stops, clutch plays, and doing what they need to do to keep the offense in the ball game to be able to win shootouts. Because what wasn't working last year was our offense was trying to win a shootout with no fucking defense. Yes, we won the last eight of our ten games, but that didn't really mean anything because we didn't get to the playoffs. Granted, we had a nice Cinderella story ending with the beating uh, of Aaron Rodgers in his last game at Lambeau Field and his last game as a Packer, but it just didn't it, it didn't satisfy the the flavorlessness in my mouth. I wanted them to see the playoffs. I wanted them to get to the wild card. If they beat Carolina a couple weeks earlier, they would have been there. But I'm glad that we're going into this season not only with better players, but with actual hype around this team because yes, they are that good. They have a good offense, honestly a top five offense. If I'm being honest, and we can look at the stats and we can look at the the paper, we can look at we can look at the actual facts. They were a top five offense. It's not crazy to say anymore. The Detroit Lions do have a good offense, but what really is setting them apart from being able to get to that 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 spot of excellence, that spot of like a seat at the big table with the Chiefs, with the Bills, with the Jets now, with with the uh, with the Bengals, you know. With the Steelers and the Ravens, like those consistently good clubs, this team needs a really good foundation on defense. And I think finally, after this draft, they've addressed everything that they needed to. I would have liked maybe a higher drafted defensive back, but I think Brian Branch, like I said, was a steal, you know, and I think that he was a first round talent, but maybe I could have, you know, I would have liked two defensive backs taken in the first two rounds. That would have been, would have been nice. We could have used that. Um, another thing I would just like to briefly touch up on, and then I'll circle back to what I was previously talking about, which was our defense. Um, Jeff Okuda, uh, I saw some training camp footage, and he looks fucking terrible, man. I think his career is over. Um, I'd like to see him maybe go to an alternative league, try and turn it around, but uh, he just was getting destroyed by, um, I think, who was it, Drake London or something. There was some receiver on Atlanta that was just mossing him, bro. But um, going back to our defense, I don't think we'll have as many problems in the secondary regarding letting up big plays. Um, but I think the main, the main focus, the main focus, and what I saw more than anything, when we lost last year, we we lost because of a really good rush attack. So if we're able to really start creating edges, filling those gaps, and actually having really good run stoppage, then I really think that our defense could 
go to that next level of like mid to like actually good like not top five but maybe top eight like we have the youth we have the talent on defensive line our trenches are fantastic on both sides of the ball our defensive line will be considered premier by the end of the season I guarantee you that with Aleem McNeil, Isaiah Bugs, John Kaminsky, Aiden Hutchinson, James Houston, those guys are making that defensive line a name. They already did last year, but with another year under their belt, just wait and see. And honestly, the biggest test, will they be humbled week one by the Chiefs? I'm not sure. A lot of people will say yes, and I understand. The Chiefs have a one of the best talents of all time in Patrick Mahomes, but they also have one of the best head coaches of all time in Handy Reid. And honestly, I did see Andy Reid borrow some stuff out of Ben Johnson's playbook last year, um, which was pretty cool to see that Ben Johnson was still kind of being innovative, you know, not not doing traditional things, which also leaves me hope for our offensive unit to continue to evolve, get better, especially with the pieces added like David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, and then now Daniel Helm. I mean, we have a lot of good weaponry on the offensive side of the ball, including Amon Ross St. Brown, who will be considered a top five receiver in this upcoming season. After this upcoming season, he will shut everyone up. Um, he will be considered <clears throat> one of the best in the game. And stop getting slept on. Because this man is recording really good catches and, and receptions every year. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and he's a very consistent player. He's not, like a, he's not a guy that's going to wow you physically. But he doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't drop passes. He's a touchdown guy. He's a catch machine. He, he's a yak person as well. He has good feet. He's quick. I, I love his game. I love Amon Ra's game. I really do. And we also, like I, like I said, our trenches are premier. Our offensive line is top three in the league. Penny Sewell, Glasnow, Ragnow. I mean, let's... Ragnow, not Glasnow, but Ragnow. Um, I mean, we have, we have dogs. Vitae and guard. I mean, we have good guards, good tackles, and a good center. I mean, I... I think we probably have as good of an offensive line as maybe the Cowboys. If not, maybe a little better sometimes. But obviously the Cowboys had beat us last year, so I can't really safely say that. But obviously they have, if not one of the best defenses in the league, probably top three. So that's a discussion for another time. But I'm focusing on what we've what we what we have achieved, what we've acquired thus far in the offseason. And we've done a lot. We really have as a club, and it's really exciting to see us have all this hype going into this season because the past two years, there's been no hype at all, and we have a big game, opening game. I mean, they're testing us. Are we going to be humbled? I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's going to be a tight game, um, you know, one of those one of those shootouts that comes down to, you know, who can hold the ball longer in the fourth quarter type shit, but I have high hopes for Jared Goff having another really good season. I have high hopes for Amon Ra. I have high hopes for David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs being able to committee that really well, but also work off each other, one being a bruiser, one being a yak guy that's good at everything, a jack of all trades. He's going to be a prospect. He he is a prospect. He's going to be, uh, honestly, I can see him being another one of those big steals of that draft. You know, you never know. The NFL is a crazy place full of crazy stories, man. But um, no, I have high hopes for the offense. I'm not. I'm not worried about the offense. I'm really not. I, that's the least of my concerns. If they struggle, if they have a mid year, they'll be at like ninth or tenth. I'm okay with that. We can still win with that. <clears throat> Obviously, every off season 
you want to see every aspect of the team get better. But if we had to suffer on offense a little bit productively to make our defense balanced and adequate enough to sustain the offense and to work off of each other to win more games, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But I think our offense got better, and I think our defense got a whole of a hell of a lot better. Jack Campbell is going to be another one of those guys that people people were shitting on the fact that the Lions were going for these less desirable positions early in the draft, and they went for a lot of them. But now, I, I, me personally, I feel like that kind of narrative has changed and people are hyping up these picks. So it's just one of those weird kind of media times in the NFL where stories are going to go one way, then the other way, just for content. But, I mean, you've been listening to this. If you've been listening to this podcast for, you know, the past, you know, couple months, I mean, man, you know, we've been big on the Lions. And especially if you were an OG fan when we were doing blog talk uh, radio, you know, we, you know, we were talking about the Lions then as well. And they, they have a lot of expectations going into this upcoming season. But if you're a Detroit Lions fan like me, welcome it. Welcome it. It's not uh, it's not something that you're used to. Because maybe we do deserve the hype. You know, this team is special. You know, this is the best roster I think they've ever had, ever. Um, you know, you can bring up, you know, Barry Sanders and, you know, Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson. But I think when it comes to as, as much of a complete roster as they can, like, that it can be, from special teams to defense to offense collectively, I think this is the best roster going into an NFL season the Detroit Lions have ever had. And I think it's going to show when they win the most games they've ever won in one season and they start getting back on track. This is a historic franchise that has been thrown in the gutter and treated like shit, talked about like shit. It's finally that it's finally time that it changes and it stops. They just need to go out there and win meaningful games, the big games. You know, not go win 11 games, but against poverty clubs and mid-table teams. Go beat the Chiefs week one. Prove everyone wrong type shit. That's what I want to see out of this team. Go hit them in their mouth and see what happens next. Everyone's going to be gunning for them, but that's what they. That's what I feel like this team wants. They want to be the villain. And you see Brad Holmes wearing uh, those... Um, those villain shirts. I mean, they want to be that villain. They want to be the team that people want to beat, but the team that people also fear. And I'm going to definitely be fearing that team if I'm any other fan of ev- any other club in the uh, in the Eastern Conference playing that team in the playoffs if they do go this season. So definitely be afraid of this team. And, you know, I'm not afraid of the division. You know, no offense to Brandon. The Bears are still in that rebuild mode. Packers have a question mark at quarterback. And then, obviously, the Vikings are the Vikings. So, we'll put up monster numbers, but lose in the big moments. Um, But I guess we'll go ahead and and just briefly discuss on how I think we'll do in the division. I think think we can sweep the Packers. I think we can. I think we can do it again. I think we can sweep the Bears. We might let one up by the Bears. I don't want to say that with confidence because Justin Fields does scare me with his playmaking ability. And they, as a team, did get overall better, and they have gotten better. Um, but I just still think the Lions are still a notch ahead of them, um, just on all aspects. I, I I like Jared Goff more than Justin Fields as a quarterback, but you know, to each their own. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, people are going to point to Justin Fields as a better quarterback, but as a passer, no, there's no way in hell that he's anywhere near Jared Goff as a thrower because Jared Goff, when protected when protected or in play action, can throw with anyone. Like, that's just facts. I think the, I think we can safely say that he was a first overall pick. He can throw with anyone. I've seen him deliver 
beautiful pa- beautiful passes. Like he is able to make really clutch throws and able to fit the ball in the tight, accurate spaces. But I mean, I'm just not really as scared as the Bears off of the Bear, Bears offense as I am of the Vikings. I think the Vikings will go one and one on the season with them. But I think we'll beat them probably in the playoffs um, because they'll get there. You know, they always tend to, but they'll lose in the big moment. Kirk will uh, Kirk will fumble under the, uh, the spotlight. It's who he is. But um, no, another thing, I really hope maybe Jared Goff gets on the quarterback series for Netflix. So just wanted to kind of put that idea out there in the universe. Hopefully that manifests into something. But um, I think that's a perfect place to wrap this Lions offseason coverage episode up. And this has been Trevor with Tea Time Reports. I really hope uh, you guys have enjoyed this episode. Make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms at Tea Time Reports on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, and TikTok. And uh, show some love and support on there. Make sure you're following the show on whatever platform you're listening to this episode on. And we really appreciate all the support and all the uh, all, all that kind of stuff. It's greatly appreciated. It shows that our hard work is paying off and that people out there actually are listening and do care. But uh, again, thank you all for listening to this NFL Detroit Lions episode. Make sure you uh, tune into future episodes as well. And we have plenty more NFL content coming out uh, pretty shortly. And make sure you tune in to the Utopia album review, which hopefully should be out by the end of this week. Take care, everyone. Peace.